0: Today on Locked On Canadians, we will recap that Avs game. We will preview that Minnesota Wild game. And as always, we have our Monday three up and three down segment.
1: Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 537 of Locked On Canadians and as always thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day and today to discuss all the things I just mentioned my name is Laura Saba I'm one of your hosts also known as the Active Stick and I'm joined by Scott Matla, my wonderful co-host, who uh, has, I I guess, now's around the time that we start talking about prospects and there's international tournaments going on or the Olympics are coming up. This is kind of like your busy time, isn't it?
1: Well, it is because my football team is no longer playing in the playoffs, so there is that as well. But uh, with the way the Canadians are right now, with the new GM installed, it is a time to shift to basically analyzing what the organization has Uh, we did talk to Patrick Bexell once we get our YouTube off and running we are going to get in touch with him talk about the Olympics talk about some of the European prospects Um, and we have a number of people we want to get on to talk about uh, who's playing in North America the college prospects players in the OHL and give everyone like a full overview of what's in the organization right now because since Kent Hughes has come in uh, there seems to be a little bit of hope going around the Canadians fan base. The team's results haven't gotten much better, but they've been more exciting to watch. There seems to be a, a little bit of life breathed back into what was essentially a corpse for the first, what, three, four months of the season so far.
0: And it seems like on the ice, there seems to be a little bit of energy and optimism as well, despite, you know, the injuries and the setbacks. I just really want to quickly point out that Patrick Bexell, is a good friend of ours, and we've been meaning to have him on for a really long time. But we got an email from a listener, uh, and it really kind of lit a fire under our butts. It's just, it's simply because Patrick uh, is on sort of the other side of the world. You know, he's very far ahead in time difference, and he has a day job. Like, he, he so uh, it's a little bit tricky to kind of work out our schedules, but we do promise that we will get him on as soon as possible. And as the listener suggested to talk about the players that will be coming in the Olympics. So in the next couple of weeks, the Olympics are starting very, very shortly. So sometime in the next little while, we will be talking to Patrick as soon as we can nail down a time. Uh, and thank you so much. Like, like literally I told Patrick, I was like, the listeners are asking for you. They're writing in and asking for you. I'm not lying. Um, and so we give our listeners what they want. Anyway, so let's talk real quick about that uh, Avalanche game, which, again, this seems to be a theme right now. The last few games, the Canadians maybe had no business winning, but they made a game out of it. They could have won. And all those games that we're talking about, there was the possibility of a win. The win was within reach. They played well against better teams. They got it together. It was a scrappy effort. Yes, obviously, you're looking at the game and you're looking at the team and you're like, wow, this team is wildly outmatched by their opponent, just in terms of talent and system and all of that. But they're still putting pressure. They're still making a game out of it. And that, to me, was so, so exciting.
1: Yeah, this game was wild to me is because through the first period, the abs just absolutely bodied the Habs. It was bad. Like they were on pace for another 50 shot against contest. They almost got there regardless because of overtime, but that's uh, not either here nor there. This was a game that you look at it and it's the abs should have been up four or five goals by the end of the first period because Samuel Montembeau couldn't play. He was out injured. He's back in Montreal now. So Caden Primo got the start. He's started two of his like six career NHL games against the Colorado Avalanche, who are very good and against an absolutely relentless attack there. He did about as well as you could expect him to in that the first goal was one. He's in position. He's sliding to make the save and Alex Newhook just put a absolutely phenomenal shot over his shoulder there. And then the team just, it took them a while. They got into the second period and then they found their legs and they made a game out of it. Uh, They tied it up late in the third or going into, and then got it into overtime. And I mean, they lost, but at the same time, the Habs didn't fully break there. This wasn't just a, a blowout where, okay, we're just accepting this. There's no pushback. Like the, uh, why am I already forgetting who the second game of this uh, week was um, the 50 save performance? Cause they played Dallas and then they played team who I cannot remember for the life of me right now. And then Colorado uh, Vegas. There it is. They didn't in the Vegas game. It never looked like they were in it in terms of shots in this one, they actually generated offense and sustained pressure and looked halfway decent. And that's what it was the process that we want to see. We we're seeing more and more positive things out of that. I mean, they're beat to all hell still, and again, injuries are cropping up again, but a lot of really good performances, and it cannot be overstated how much Tyler Defoley coming back in the lineup seems to have reignited some of Nick Suzuki's underlying metrics in his game right now. Um, people made fun of me on Twitter for saying, it's only, it's only been two games, I really don't care. I'm taking whatever positives I can get. And if they want to lose more games like that one where they play – and have some pride in that, I don't really, I don't mind that too much. It's all the process for getting better. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause the thing is you can tank and play badly, which first of all is miserable to watch for us fans, but also you can tank and try really hard. And that, helps the younger players get better at playing hockey and new general manager there are a couple of things that he said that we were really excited about obviously in the press conference but one of the things that he did mention was player development isn't just at the prospect level it isn't just at the pre-draft level or once you draft them how do they get to the NHL player development is an ongoing thing you can do a job you can play hockey for, you know, by the time these, the, these players get to the NHL level, it's, it's like there's got to be like a decade, right? Even within the NHL, a half decade, a full decade that they could play. There's always things that they can better at, be better at, whether it's mental resilience, whether it's uh, honing in on a certain scale. I mean, Sidney Crosby, one of the best players in the world and for a long time, literally the best player in the world in the summers, he would go home and practice the things that he didn't think he was good at or good enough at uh, over time. So for me, I think playing games with pride, it's not just for the fans, but it's also for the players as well. When they're trying, when they haven't given up, when they're trying new things, when they're trying new systems, when they find something that clicks and they practice it, all of that is part of developing the team for the future. And yes, there's a huge question mark right now, We know that. And uh, honestly, recently I've I've been surprised, but there apparently still are uh, teams that are interested in Ben Sherrod. So this team could change drastically in the next few weeks as, as we go up to the trade deadline. I personally, I think that no matter what they should be playing to win, but you do want them to lose enough games that they will get one of those high draft picks that we were talking about. I don't think that there's anything wrong with losing the games. I think, if they're losing the games, but giving us something to watch, something fun to watch, something to be interested and excited about, I'm happy.
1: Yeah, like a number of the tweets, because I was, I was talking about the game last night when I was afterwards before the football, while I was still watching the football game. And my whole thing was, you know, someone said it's like, at least they're interesting to watch. I hadn't tuned in to watch them in so long. And they're at least fun to watch right now. And the thing is. The Habs are at the bottom of the standings right now. They have 23 points in 40 games. However, that is far from secure because the Ottawa Senators have played 34 games and have 25 points. Like, there is nothing secure about the Canadiens' position at the bottom here. And my first thought out of all of this is, if you're not going to get the first overall pick or if the team starts playing well, at least build the process here. Because I don't think anyone wants to outright just lose. No one likes losing. It takes a toll on everybody, especially people who came in expecting to win. So I I want to see the process here. And we're seeing that at least a little bit more and more right now. So I'm kind of happy with how Saturday went. And I'm hoping we see more of that. Like Minnesota is another very good team coming up on the schedule here. And show me that this isn't a one-off performance that you can string together at least a couple of redeemable performances now, you know, because Dominique Ducharme is coaching for his job as well. Players are not only coaching to stay in or playing to stay in Montreal or to raise their value. Dominique Ducharme has no guarantees that he's keeping his job either. So this is uh, it's basically a it's a preseason trial run for everybody again.
0: Right. And we're going to be looking ahead to that Minnesota wild game and some notes about some injuries and lineups and stuff like that in just one moment. But first, as always, remember, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It has 18 delicious flavors, and they are all made with real chocolate, all high in protein, low in sugar. And sometimes they have special edition flavors that are absolutely delicious. I personally like to use them to pick me up when I need some energy. And uh, I find that they're really, really effective for that. They're also just, they're delicious. They taste like a treat. uh, And I like to keep them in the fridge or freezer. Sometimes you can change the texture kind of like that. Uh, And it's honestly a really, really good way to get your protein to get your energy up. And they're delicious, as I said. So if you want to try any of these built Bars that we keep talking about, you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com. And the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Folks, as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And today we are looking ahead to the Minnesota Wild game tonight. But I really just quickly want to rattle off some injury issues right now that the Canadians are having. Obviously, we learned after we recorded our Friday episode uh, last week that Jake Allen was going to be out for eight weeks at least. So that takes him off the trading block. Um, and that's really, really unfortunate for him. I feel like the two goalies have had some really, really bad luck because Samuel montambeau is also injured. Uh, and so they obviously you saw Caden Primo start the game and uh, you've got Michael McNiven. Now that's going to be given a shot at the NHL level.
1: Uh, he is currently the backup because they are the only two NHL contracted goalies on the roster. They're, they don't have anybody else on an NHL contract. Kevin Poulin is on an AHL only deal, and there's no one in the organization behind him that they have signed. Uh, so obviously, there's care- a
0: really, a really uh, good chance we're going to see an e-bug at some point.
1: I, I mean, like, I hope not. I really do hope that we get to see McNiven play at some point in the near future because we talked about it a lot that, you know, he we wanted to see him get his NHL shot. And in a season like this, why the hell not? Um, it's the hardest part about all this is that the rocket are back to full strength on offense and mostly on defense right now. Like they look really impressive and now you don't have any goalies. You have Kevin Poulin who has been very good when called upon, but with a lot of games coming out of condensed schedule for the rocket as well, you don't have another goalie. Like (laughs) and Jake Allen being out eight weeks, brings him back right at the trade deadline. Um, What, what is his value now? And it's just, it's so tough that every time something starts to go right for the Canadians this season, uh, it just it flips and goes the other way somewhere else. And it, it it's almost comical at this point.
0: And to add to that, Jonathan Durant has now had the bad luck of uh, having an upper body injury. Last week, we said something like, oh, he hasn't been he hasn't gotten the covid uh, protocol yet, but. Apparently we jinxed that. Uh, and then obviously, as you know, lingering issues for Jeff Petrie and Josh Anderson. Uh, Tyler Toffoli has looked okay. The other day, somebody jinxed Nick Suzuki by mentioning that he has yet to be not on the COVID protocol. So I'm not very happy with whoever that was. So I, um, I think the, the, the team is just, you know, it's it's been decimated by injuries. It's been decimated by COVID. This is This season, I think, out of all of the seasons that we've witnessed, uh, has been one of the worst ones on record just in terms of things like bad luck and all of that and things keep, things keep going wrong. But I do expect a strong second half, to be honest. I really, really do, just because there's a new energy in the organization. Obviously, a lot of these players now have something to prove. Maybe the organization is going to be a little bit more transparent with them with where they want these players to go, like when they meet with them. Obviously, uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are on the road trip with the team right now, getting to know them and all of that. There are players that like to be here. They like to play here. They want to do well here. Uh, Josh Anderson mentioned it and reiterated it. As well, and he's a player that I don't think the Canadians should necessarily part with unless they're going for a full scale, you know, tear it all down, rebuild. Just because there are very few players like him in the league, you've got one. Don't you're going to let him go, and then you're going to spend also all all your time looking for the next Josh Anderson on this roster. So just keep him while you've got him is my philosophy. But the Canadians are also they're going to be playing the Minnesota Wild tonight, and uh, I even as late as last season, or I guess last season was just an all Canadian division season before that Scott and I, we we would do Minnesota game previews by playing. Is this person a real person or is it a Minnesota wild? Um, They've come a long way from that. They are no longer, as Scott says, they are no longer the Minnesota mild. They're a fun team. They're a good team. They're a challenging team. And I'm quite excited for the game tonight, to be honest. I'm excited to see what this Minnesota is all about. I hope the Habs give us a game of it as well, just because I want to see the the Minnesota Wild be exciting.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, they have Kaprizov, who is very good. Uh, Joel Erikson, Eck has come a long way. They have um, uh, Kevin Fiala. Like the the Minnesota Wild, have, like you said, come from that guy's not a real person to, oh, wow, this is amazing. And their system just works. Dean Evison has taken over a Minnesota team that was, quite frankly, a disaster uh when he got there because of the previous GM's tenure and the moves that he made, which didn't make any sense, and turned it around so quickly to turn it into something amazing. And it's it it's the baseline for what I think Montreal can do is that the wild aren't perfect. Like that's not what we're saying, but They're a good measuring stick. If the Canadians can put up a strong effort against them, I do think that we're heading in the right direction. Again, this is not me saying the Canadians are going to pull off a miraculous second-half comeback and become um, playoff-bound by any means, but I look at what's going on here and I go, okay, here's what the Wild are good at. Can you break that system? Can you handle that? And I don't know if they can or not. I don't expect them to win this game, to be honest with you. But I want to see effort. I want to see that same thing we saw against Colorado. It might get ugly. It probably will get ugly for a little bit against you. And now what can you do uh, to counteract that? Have a, Do you have the ability to have that pride to come back up and get back into the game if you get punched in the mouth first? Well, like they did against Colorado and every other game this week. They got beat up, but they didn't quit. And the Wild uh, present that. I don't think their goaltending's as good as any of the other goalies they've played so far, but I do think it is a very uh, – another good test for a lineup still looking to prove itself and players trying to earn their stripes.
0: I absolutely agree with you, and hopefully right now we are slated to do a post-game crossover recap with Seth, Seth Topol, who you heard last week telling us about Rem Um, uh, And right now we are going to move on to our final segment – which is our three up and three down of the week. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. There's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You deposit, you get fifty percent on top of that. But if you use our promo code Locked On when you get started, that promo code is Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So it's a little bit of a quick turnaround between last week's three up and three down segment and this week's because we had so many crossovers and fun news things that we had to postpone our three up and three down to Thursday. But I've got a few, uh, three up and three down. So Scott, I'm going to give you, do you want to do three down first as you always do? You want to like leave on a, on a more positive note?
1: I, I think we should because, you know, the Canadians have actually given us things to be excited about, Uh uh-huh right now and my first down for the week is for the first time in a while I'm finding it very difficult to actually find uh, a down in this because of the positivity of (laughs) or how the team has gone so I'm trying to think and I think the biggest thing is I'm actually struggling I'm finding it hard to find (laughs) a down in this like I will
0: give you three downs right now okay? okay I just thought of this all right there are three teams, according to Frank Saravalli of Daily Face Off, the insider that broke all of the, you know, uh, the Seattle Kraken draft, and he's always like he's always the one to break news. He says that there are three teams that are begging the Montreal Canadiens for Arturi Lekkinen, and now I know Arturi Lekkinen is amazing value, and I trust that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon will get good value for him. But to those three teams, I will say you are all my down for this week. Hands off a player that we love.
1: I, I think that's the thing too, is that like. I I can't even put it as a down because I'm like he scored and raised his trade value like I can't be mad at that like what else is he gonna do you know um, so we I can still, channel
0: our pettiness towards those teams
1: yeah once I find out who they are they are all on the list that list is getting very 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 long <laughs> at this point it's been growing basically since the Canadian division started Um I do. I I hate doing this because the team's played so well recently. Uh, Ben Chirot's still on my down list just because... uh, He's ruining
0: his trade value.
1: Stop, man. Stop taking penalties. Like, for the love of God, I am asking you, stop taking penalties.
0: Right? All right. So now we're going to turn it to a positive note. There are a lot of things that I've liked. In the last week or so, the power play has improved. That's one. Uh, Two, everything Kent Hughes has been saying so far. I'm very positive on that and I hope that he does follow through with that direction. Uh, Three, I think in general, the players themselves, I don't know if it's just, you know, like you said, a lot of the players are coming back and giving people energy or if it's the change in management that is giving them, you know, a reason to play and all of that, but like the overall effort level, maybe the system isn't as great as I thought or not. We we don't think the system is great. Sorry. (laughs) Let me just make clear. Maybe the system isn't getting better specifically but the effort level is getting a lot better. And it seems like they're determined to get something going, even if they're not necessarily always sure what the best thing to do is. So I know it's kind of cheating to say the whole team is one of my ups, but I I feel, I feel okay about that. The power play was one Kent Hughes was one. And then the effort level on the ice is the other one.
1: I I talked about it a little bit in the, uh, in the first segment, but one of my ups is definitely Tyler Toffoli's return. Uh, and two of them are like, he and Nick Suzuki have been phenomenal since they, since Tyler Toffoli came back this week. They, they have points in multiple games together. They've played well. And that time off really kind of gave Tafoli, I think, time to heal all of his actual injuries, which, you know, he looks like a better player. Same with Josh Anderson. And whenever Joel Edmondson comes back, I really want them to take Jeff Pete and be like, go sit on the sidelines for like a month and heal up whatever the hell is nagging you right now. Um, and then I think my final up has to go to the goaltenders. Samuel Montembeau has been phenomenal. Caden Primo was great when called upon this week. It, to say nothing of Jake Allen, who has been under fire for the last year and a half, basically, since he started covering everything, it's it's really positive to see that these guys that no one really trusted going into the season it is that they're playing well now, and I cannot help but be happy for Samuel Montembo. I didn't really understand what he was doing here, or whether or not he was going to stick, and recently he's been good. I know he's getting absolutely shell-shocked in there, but honestly, he's played about as well as you could expect anyone to play behind this defense and this team right now. To be putting up you know, near 50 safe performances in back-to-back games is nothing short of incredible
0: absolutely so i think this has been a positive episode i'm really glad that you know it's been it's been an up one even though the season hasn't gone like we wanted i feel like there's a lot of positivity on the horizon and obviously as we get closer to the olympics we're going to be talking a lot more about international players and prospects we're also so so excited because there are a couple of people that uh, have kind of been waiting in the wings for us to uh, to have them on as prospect experts and uh we, this week, we've got a lot of crossovers, so likely we're going to be doing the recap with Seth Topol, and then later this week, we're going to preview the, the Columbus Blue Jackets game with Jay Foster of uh, the Locked On Blue Jackets podcast, and also... Uh, that is going to be our book club as well. So you want to tune in for that episode. We've got lots coming up this week and, and our YouTube debut is coming up this week. I did get my third dose this week and I have been under the weather. So we just pushed it for a couple of days, but we will have our first YouTube episode at some point this week. That is a promise. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. You can also Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at any time at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Especially if you want to re- request somebody like Patrick Bexel. literally as soon as we got that email, we got it in motion. Uh, so please feel free to email us at any time. You'll find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matlay. You'll find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to to check out Locked On Bets, and they have been absolutely killing it lately, especially now with the, with the football playoffs wrapping up. You know they're going to be your go-to second listen of the day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.